going on, everyone? Welcome back to, uh, I think, I think I'm going to declare this season two of the Whatever Podcast. Yep. Got to join, join here with, uh, my, my <laughs> co-host as always, Preston Stone. How are you today? Yeah, you doing all right? I'm good. I'm good. You've been, uh, you, I don't know. How, how are you surviving the week? I guess I, it, we, we saw each other last week, but ever since all this crazy shit's been going on, you just haven't really been able to talk, I guess, throughout this week. Yeah. It's been same old, same old. I haven't done much besides so just uh oh I finished The Last of Us Two and working on a few paintings. Uh uh. Uh I mean I, I don't know, I guess I've been at school, been working and stuff. It's hard to it's hard to feel like this has been a normal week because it certainly has not. But I figured, yeah. you know, <laughs> it would it would be a great time to go ahead and, and um bring this back as uh uh, and you know the time times we're in right now, the things we've experienced over the last you know, who knows how long. Um, it, it was just, hasn't it? Uh, what's up? A couple months, hasn't it? Oh yeah, well, I mean yeah, I, mean, I think so. But I mean, like regardless of everything that's happened in between our last and this one, like even just this week, like I just thought, wow, right now is a really good time to bring it back. There's so many current events and stuff that we can talk about because yeah. You can only talk about like so much uh, when when nothing is happening, I guess. Yeah. You know, like you you have to you have to make like games aren't really coming out. They're getting delayed. They're getting pushed back. It's the same thing with movies and and technology isn't that exciting right now. So like, hey, new consoles, new week. consoles. But uh, y- yeah, you know, you're right. However, you can't buy them in the store. Yeah, no, but you know. I mean, I I understand why uh, supposedly it has to do well, yeah. Like supposedly it has to do with COVID and a bunch of stuff. But if you're gonna take pre-orders, why not keep the pre-orders open far enough? Or I guess I guess keep the pre-orders open until you are ready to ship the consoles because you're limiting so many people getting a console on launch day. I understand not wanting to wanting people to crowd and wait in a huge line to order one. But that's what they're gonna do, I guess. I don't know. Working in retail, it didn't make any sense. Um, and I'll, I'll walk you through how they're doing it for for PlayStation at least. Um, you, when you pre-ordered a console, you paid for it, the whole thing. They're in the stores right now, but they're in a secure location, and you have to actually schedule out a time slot to go and pick that console up. That's lame. Yeah. You can't. You can't just kind of walk up and be like, "Oh, I have a console here." Like, no, you have to come in at at, at this time and get the console. Listen here, you filthy little worm! Get out of here and pick a time to come back. Hey, you, you worm! You're five minutes before your time slot. You're not gonna get your play box. We're sending it back. <laughs> well, we're not gonna give you your money back either. <laughs> All right, we I, I think uh, we gotta we gotta approach the elephant in the room. What are you talking about? There's no elephant in the room. Oh, it's huge! It's the size of the United <laughs> States of America. Um, we I, I figured we you and I could get our own thoughts out before you bring a guest on. Um, if if he's if he's yeah. able to come on, if he if he can come on, if not, we could do a separate episode. I, I don't mind. Um, yeah, we can. I mean, there's definitely enough room to do a part two. If he, oh, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe we'll do this part one as as kind of our own thoughts before bringing guests opinions on i guess um so well 
As of now, we don't know. It's yeah. I mean, it's kind of clear to uh, see who is actually going to win. But November the sixth, uh, um, yeah, twenty twenty. Documenting yeah, it, it now, three am, days after the actual election day. Yeah, I am alive. Um, my windows are not broken, and my house is not burned down. <laughs> yeah. Can I say that? Can I make jokes about riots? Yeah. Okay, yeah, I, I I don't know. I, don't, I, I joked about I I made the joke kung flu, so I mean you can't really get. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I actually so I applied for a podcast internship, and I, I'm using our material as like material to show off, and I probably oh, no. shouldn't. I I, I probably <laughs> I probably should take it away. Um, we talked about dicks in a box, uh, fake, fake, ass, <laughs> fake ass, uh, Dude, that one's gold. You should just show him that one. Uh, yeah. But yeah, but like, what am I, what am I? So did this fake ass thing actually happen? Yes, it did. Yes, it did. <laughs> a thousand know, percent. Like, did. It's actually for Spotify. I can't too. make that up. <laughs> Spotify. If you're listening to me, um, I'll be available in the summer. Uh, uh, I don't think they are, unfortunately. Yeah, I know. I probably prob- probably not. But I like I like I like to dream. I like to think. Um, <laughs> Please give so- us money. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, I don't want that. I, honestly, I just want the experience. Um, I just want a job. <laughs> uh, so let's see. Uh, we we are yeah. Well, he's like three days past the actual election day. Yeah. And Did you people- vote? No, I am sorry. I- Did you? Wow. Oh yeah, yeah. I haven't missed an election. Well, I mean, it's only my second one, but so yeah. here, here's my reason for why I didn't. I guess because people are like, <gasps> how can you talk about politics if you didn't vote? Well, <laughs> I've got my reasons. I mean, you definitely can. Yeah, for sure. I I'm number not, one, I, I don't, I don't believe in that. I I don't, I don't feel like I is a, a okay. So yesterday, someone told me something, or I think it might have been two days ago. Regardless, someone told me something where. Um, He's an older gentleman at work, and he said, for the last 30 years, I have been casting my vote against someone, never for someone. And I thought, well, that's certainly not how you should go into the voting process. You know, like you, I, I feel like if you're going to pick a candidate, you need to really side with their policies because like, that's the person you're bringing in the office, you know, like monster of a human or not. And I feel like you need to agree somewhat with what they're going or what they plan to do with a country. And to be quite honest, I don't really feel like either candidate is fit for doing anything. Um, my God, Joe Biden's fucking senile. Um, he's fallen down the rabbit hole. Uh, there's a video where I, I was, I was watching it and He's he's oh, hugging his wife videos. or something. Oh yeah, there is. But he's hu- he's hugging his wife or something, and uh, he turns around and he says, "Hi, I'm Joe Biden's wife." And I thought, "What the hell is going on? Someone get this man a teleprompter because he doesn't know how to speak." Um, well, it's a I good thing he was for the Senate. That's what he came out and said he was doing. Well, you know, I'll tell you what. It's a good thing that he is a puppet candidate because he wouldn't be able to do anything himself. Um. <laughs> Aside from the fact that, you know, you know, part of me really wishes that, uh, well, I mean, Bernie got it stolen from him again. Bernie. Yeah. Well, I mean, you bring up Bernie's name and everyone raises a red flag and starts calling you a communist, you know, 
You know, so what? Maybe, I, maybe I am. You, I don't. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't really agree with him on a lot of stuff, like a lot of stuff, but you know, I would have rather seen uh, Bernie Sanders versus Donald Trump. Yeah, well, I feel like... It would have made a lot that, more of an interesting... And, and that would have been apparent. Election. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it would have been apparent who would have won. Um, you know, leading up to the election, there it was so back and forth, it was like, well... Well, I mean, Bernie had 30%. Of uh, the Democratic vote going into um, primaries and well, I mean, so if if you think about it, like every news, every media company, the whole thing, the whole nine yards, every journalist, the people who predict the elections are usually pretty accurate, um, and and that's just you know they look at the analytics and how they perform as a state, um, and this in this it was just like you just there's there's a there's imagine a shelf. And there's a lot of fine china on the shelf, right? Really nice plates and bowls and uh, what the wine like wine glasses. I don't know what the small flutes. You know what I'm talking about? Like the small, like the smaller wine glasses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really, really, just really nice stuff. And then imagine yeah. taking a box full of heavy ass wrenches and just throwing them individually at the fine china and that's what and that's what this election has has pretty much done to all of these predictions i guess um they're so they were so fucking wrong like well i mean they were wrong in 2016 too well uh, yeah yeah right they highly 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 underestimate donald trump well, and, and and that's because the people who are vocal about politics tend to be really liberal Democrats, um, and I don't I don't mean that in a bad way. I you know nothing I'm going to say here is going to be a tour like a like against any particular group of people, um, but the people who are so vocal about it tend to be younger people who have a better handle on social media. Yeah. The people who are not vocal about it are older, middle-aged people who don't necessarily use social media a whole lot. The working-class people, which Joe Biden was supposed to focus on, right? Like, they they thought, oh, Joe Biden's got these working-class people figured out. Well, apparently not, really. not, because those same people came he out. He did not step foot in the Midwest. No, exactly. Well, and, and, you know, partly I think the Midwest is, is typically how, a very... That's how Trump won the 2016. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like, like those same people came out and they voted again and they blew the polls out of the water. I, I don't know how you can estimate or how you can project an election solely based off of the materials you have at hand. Because I feel like people's voice really on social can't. media has to come into play at some point. Yeah. Well, I mean, like... Uh... I mean, you see all of uh, Trump's rallies; they're packed. Like that's already like an indicator, yeah, on how popular yeah. the is. You know, yeah. I tell you what, if I if I had any voice in politics, I I think this is the part where I would say, but COVID. Well, yeah. <laughs> <sighs> People okay. will do what they want to do. <laughs> bringing up bringing up social media. <clears throat> I, I wanted I had a, like a series of questions I was going to ask our guest and I still plan on asking him when we get him on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to I want to ask you and kind of get your thoughts on it, on where where you think 
um, social media has an impact on politics? Like, like, do you think that social oh media God. truly has a impact on politics? Yeah. Huge impact. Look at this election. Have, well, you seen, yeah. uh, have you been paying attention to like what's going on with Twitter and Trump? They, oh, yeah, uh, for sure. Over half of his tweets that he's tried to put out. Yeah, and, you know, and honestly, just... I'm not. I don't know why. I I really I don't I don't feel like Twitter should really have they a shouldn't. hand in what. Yeah, they shouldn't. <laughs> but that's uh, like they're they get protected under a clause that they shouldn't be protected under because they act like as a, as a mediary, which they shouldn't be. <laughs> uh yeah, I feel like whoever's on social media can say what they want to, and that's that. You know. Free speech, I guess. It's like right? the new argument is it's the new public square, you know? Nah. I'm okay. I yeah, I guess. Um I yeah I mean it true I mean it is. Like we don't live in like a like it's not the same world that we like used to live in. It's that's where everyone voices their opinion. That's where we have uh I mean we have elect like uh what are they called? Um we have officials that send all their official information through Twitter or Facebook or whatever. That's how we all communicate now, you know? Right. Yeah. No, no, I, I, I totally get what you're saying. I think, um, I don't know. I, I, I've thought about it in, and social media for me has made things so misleading. Um, uh, you know, it, it's well, so yeah. much easier to be so misinformed despite the fact that a lot of these people use these mediums as a way to, get their get their points across or or to make huge announcements and stuff like that i i just i feel as if there's yeah. more misinformation than there ever has been i guess um yeah. because you know if it, let's say let's say you were trying to project the elections right and um you know you take a, you take into account a lot of data that i don't know um and then you look at, okay, well, we need to consider the amount of people who are like on social media have been talking about who they're going to vote for, who they support or something like that. You need to take into consideration all these people. And when, when you as a human being, as you're looking through social media, you see the overwhelming amount of people who support one party versus another, you're going to think, wow, that party's going to win. Well, let's, let's talk about those people who don't use social media too. A huge amount of people who don't use social media or are not comfortable voicing that kind of of, of opinion on social media. And, and then, you know, that's what happens with the elections, especially now where those people who don't use social media come out and they blow the polls out of the water. And that's how Trump has been able to stay um, in this game for so long. Um, I... <laughs> I lost you. No, you're good. You're good. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, here. We'll hold on. We'll uh, pause for a sec here. I just talked about the misinformation of of uh, Twitter and the effect of of social media on like politics. Um, and I'll I'll just I'll just pick back up with it because uh, you 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 get the gist. Um, yeah. Something that I have something that I've also seen that just. Oh my God, it bugs me is the people that I know don't know anything about politics being so vocal about it. Oh my God. Like, uh, it's so funny. Like the, the majority <laughs> amount of people. <laughs> it's uh, well, it's like, I, like, I don't, I don't claim to know everything about politics, but like, I, 
I I become a lot more involved in it over the past couple of years, and you, I you, I watch many sources from far left to very far right things, and it's you, just you are very, you are more you can totally tell which person is in which camp just by things they say because you know certain things are said by this group and certain things are said by this group, but it's actually like the real story is like a mix between the both, or you know what I mean? Right, right. Yeah, <clears throat> I just like like I saw I saw a video. I think it was on Instagram. Um, it was a story of someone in tears, like bawling that Trump was was ahead in the polls. <laughs> and I thought to myself, you you like live in a very white suburban neighborhood where you <laughs> don't have to worry about money. Why are you scared? <laughs> you should not be the one who's scared. I guess I I don't know. Like, does that make sense? Like, like, like you're so misinformed. You are not wanting to support, or you you hate a certain candidate because of how their how their morality is versus how they stand in their policies. I would like to remind people that. There have been a lot of good presidents that have been terrible people. JFK. Oh, biggest <laughs> one. You kidding me? He had a different woman in the White House every day. Um, always on heroin. Yeah, and, and, and like so at the time, like right now, if 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 you were to say that, people be like, oh, okay, well that's like that's just a drop in the bucket. Like that's not that bad. Look at what Trump is saying. Okay, well you know, what? look at the time. Look at look at the, look at the time that look at the time that JFK was was president. Like yeah, cheating on your wife is terrible. It's awful. And yeah, all that heroin. He was sleeping with spies. Too. <laughs> he was he was sleeping with the good lord and his hallucinations when he was on heroin. <laughs> Um, I don't know. It's just like it's it's just looking at all these over dramatic people on social media. Had I've just it just boil my blood. I don't I don't know yeah. a whole lot about politics. I really don't. So don't ask. Well, me. the thing that makes the thing that makes me the maddest is like someone's only argument against uh, uh, Donald Trump is that he's racist or a uh, you know, and <laughs> like he. <laughs> I can pull up so many compilations of Trump denouncing white supremacy or things that he's hasn't said that people said that he says, if you're going to be like, if you're going to dislike someone, dislike them for like an actual reason, like, like, let the, like Trump's corruption. He has a, a, a deal with Saudi Arabia through his hotel in Washington that gives him like, forget the exact amounts, but it was over, it was over three hundred some thousand dollars over a certain time period, and I think it was over multiple times. And he signed a deal with them to give them weapons to use against Syria. <laughs> like that's a legitimate reason that's, not to yeah, like the president. See, that, that, that is a good that is a good reason <laughs> not to like someone. And, and I thought about this today, but but the, but the issue is you can't like it's so hard. You know the the opinions we are voicing here on this show today. Um people will look into it further than it needs to be looked into and they will think oh, yeah. well well if you're saying trump's not racist then you must be racist too because you because <laughs> you don't see it and it's like well no because political views and and what you think I of just go off of what is actually what is actually put out there as know? you should as you should 
Uh, but but my my thing is like you know politics don't define who you are as a person. You know who you support yeah. does not define like you know if if you're a white supremacist or something stupid like that. Like yeah. if you're a Republican, you're not you're not an automatic racist, and I I cannot stress this enough. I cannot That's- like. <laughs> Again, I don't side with either party. I am not informed enough to make my own decision. But it's like the big problem with just having two parties, you know. It's a blanket a blanket over certain policies that you like, which I have both and like I have policies that I like in both camps. It's just Sure. It just sure, depends, sure. you know. And so so correct me if I'm wrong here. I don't I don't know if you know this or not. Um but was it George Washington? Uh he had said if yes. you have two parties, you will tear yourselves apart. Like, yeah, there's some along those lines. But yeah, 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 yeah. I'm par- paraphrasing, but yeah, like if you yeah. if you have two parties, this, two, the, this yeah, it'd be like two parties would be the downfall of this nation or whatever. Exactly. Like that. Exactly. Um, Chris, I, Chris, I guarantee Chris knows. So. Oh yeah, for sure. And we'll we'll have to save this for the next episode. Um, and and Chris, if you're listening to this, which I know you probably will, um. We'll, we we'll, we'll have you we'll have you on the next show uh no worries uh love to get your opinion on a lot of this stuff too but listening listening to this before coming on i think we'll give you an idea of what it is uh you should be ready for i guess um you get in here and i was gonna be like yeah so social media politics go <laughs> um you know, i i i i think um i i think that you know, politics really shouldn't even play into people's personal lives, but they do. Um, yeah, some and, people and make it a personality. They they make it a part of them, and I feel like they shouldn't. You can have opinions without being. Um, I feel like you should be able to voice your opinions. You should be able to have opinions without being hated by another group of people. And, and yeah. I, you know, not, not everyone's like this. I, I'm not. I'm not counting out groups of people as a whole. Um, you know, there are some Republicans, some very probably a really small percentage of Republicans who probably are very racist people, but generally rural areas who are not exposed to cultures outside of their own tend to be, um, and, and those, those places are primarily Republican, I guess. And so sure, if you, if you look for it, you're going to find it, but that's the case with everything. If you, if you set your mind on something that says, I'm going to look for this and I'm going to find it, then you're going to find it no matter how you interpret it, I guess. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's exhausting. It's an exhausting topic. Like we're yeah. 23 minutes into this and I'm just like, God damn, I just want to go drink Chris are talking about it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Oh, speaking of, uh, uh, substances, uh, substances, uh, mm. Did you hear about uh, um, Oregon? <laughs> Oregon. <laughs> <laughs> I actually I saw a really funny picture. Um, it was like it was a meme. decriminalize all the drugs. <laughs> well, it it was a meme, and uh, it was like all other states, and it was like, oh look, weed, and then it had Oregon, and it was like a peanut butter crack sandwich, like from the Dave Chappelle show, and I thought, oh my god, that's hilarious, but it's terrible. Why would they? Why would they do such a thing? Like. Because Oregon's uh, thing primarily that, Mormons, that, I guess, and they don't do drugs in the first place. I don't know. <laughs> well, I think the school of thought that they came up with on why they put it up on the ballot for people to vote on was um, other countries. Uh, I think Italy and some other places, they de- decriminalized most drugs. 
in the hopes of um, seeing a you know like uh, less less prison like bulk like less people reserving in prison. prison for the people who deserve it. Pretty much, let's be and honest, if they're helps. using heroin, they're dying anyways. Yeah, and uh, part of it is maybe since it's not it's since it's decriminalized, they can seek out help more easily, or un like afraid to seek out help. That uh, it'll be an interest. I'm I'm happy that at least one state decided to try it just so we can see how it goes. But I I you know. Two completely different cultures, so we'll see how it goes. Oregon, we will check back on you in a couple of months and see how you're doing. <laughs> see if you're on fire yet. Um, <laughs> oh, hey, you want to have Chris on now, or is he? Uh, is he available? Yes. So he's ready to go. Uh you tell you what, yeah, let's let's bring him on. Let's let's hit him up. I'll, I'll add him. Yeah. <laughs> what else? Uh, a lot, a lot of states did um, medical, and a few did um, a few did uh, um, complete legalizations. Uh huh. Oh, oh, there he is. What's going on, guys? Hey, hello, how's Chris. Going? How's my sound? Sound great. You sound amazing. Um, Excellent. <laughs> Not as well as you guys, but oh. still amazing. I oh, wait, hold on. I think I might have muted him at some point. Muted me. Why do you have him muted? Preston, I think you're just silly. How rude of him to mute you. Jeez. That's right. Sorry Hello? sorry the delay. No, Preston, can you hear me now? <laughs> oh man, there we go. Why'd yep. you have him muted? You sound good. Because whenever we added him, he was still at the restaurant. Oh, uh, that's right. I heard you say I'm muting muting him. So Yeah, they were packed and It was destroying my headphones. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I figured that was the case. It's like in a so backstreet's like surrounded. It's just a whole metal building, so there's like no signal inside that building. Oh, whatsoever. and it's so oh, yeah. loud in there too. Like it's it's strangely oh, yeah. just really loud mm-hmm. in there. <laughs> like echoes everything too. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I guess that's what you make for what you get for making a, a restaurant out of nothing but a square restaurant out of, <laughs> of metal walls <laughs> out of a out of an old uh garage chair shop yeah yeah, yeah the I, three I, bay I, garage I, is not a good restaurant model i don't know <laughs> it must be a good one because they were packed I, yeah. I remember going in there for the first time and i thought damn it's like they didn't they didn't take anything out of here they just set some booths right. in and, call, and called it a day <laughs> just, just pull out the lifts bring in the pizza we're ready yeah. to go <laughs> yeah yeah um, they're actually using the lifts in the back. They're lifting up That's the right. ice. <laughs> it's lifting up those jumbo sized pizzas that they sell. <laughs> yeah, they roll them out and drop them on your table. That's right. Oh, all right. So and then we I... ran into uh, there was a car wreck, so I got stopped by the oh, no. the cops. Luckily, we were able to get through, but that's why I'm late. Sorry for the uh, delay. I feel like no, Donald okay. Trump rolling in here late. <laughs> we uh we I feel we, like I feel like the delay or more like, like Sleepy Joe with the election sleeping in your basement. Right yeah, yeah, God, might as well call you Nevada. I just, finally, I just woke up, God. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I actually I I had uh, some questions. I guess uh, they're not really very thought out questions. They're just kind of open ended, um, because it, I don't know you've. we've all seen just a huge change in how politics work because of social media. Um, 
And, and, you know, it, Preston brought up a good point. We, they use social, people use social media as a medium for getting out a lot of important information. However, the spread of misinformation is just incredible. Like, I feel like people are, are more misinformed now than they ever have been. Um, you know, in, for, for example, and granted, you know, I, I, I told Preston this, I am completely neutral when it comes to a lot of politics, which makes this an okay topic for me to get into. Um, because yeah. I, you know, it's, no, no one's going to hurt my feelings. Um, like I, I, I just don't simply, I just simply don't care. Um, I, a man came in and was like, man, this is crazy. Like, can you believe that? Uh, I don't know exactly who it was or what state it was, but like Wisconsin had a hundred thousand more votes than they did registered voters. And I just thought to myself, where, like, where, where did you read that? What Facebook yeah. post in all caps did you get that off of? So it's crazy. The times we're in Connor. Um, I, let's think about this for a little bit. Before we even get to where we are, like today, how, so do you guys remember nine eleven? I I, I, I do not. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, so, I do not. I was very young. So, so I've been thinking about this too, um, because if if you think about where we're at right now, it is kind of crazy. But if, as you start to think about where was that tipping point when this misinformation, this social media, kind of craze of how we digest our media nowadays when did that all start i mean so you guys have kind of grown up in that social media platform it's been with you your whole lives in essence right you guys have have basically had smartphones or a form of social media with you guys as far back as you think am i right in saying yeah, that i i, I think yeah, so at, le- at least for me like i actually remember when we were uh getting into middle school and like early high school is when I personally started to, to get into a lot of that social media. Like, I think that's when it was really starting to become popular. But, but yeah. I remember when I was younger, like, so I didn't uh, even have a smartphone until I was like 11 or 12. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, say like, it was the same for me. Like, like I actually lived a, a pretty fair amount of my life without it. Um, I, I had a computer, but like I, I, I used it for music. I, I used it to listen to music. I never used it in the way that we do now. Um, I, I do remember though when I was in elementary school, uh, we I had this this class. Uh, it was really weird. Um, if I if I call it by its name and talk about it, you guys are going to think they put me in a special class. Um, <laughs> but it was called high ability, and they brought kids in and they would just talk about things that you wouldn't normally talk about in the classroom. And one of those things was uh, like Twitter and how Twitter has become so revolutionary after using it, um, for communication in some, I don't, I don't know. Was it was like the Iraq war or something like that, that people would, yeah. would use it for the communication. Um, like, I don't know, back and forth or to give people updates yeah. on, on whatever. And that, that's when it really became prominent. Um, cause it was this new medium that we could use to get a lot of this information out. And so I remember it then, but I never, never dove into it. I think like 2014 was the first time I made an account or something crazy like that. That, that you bring up a good point there. I mean, that is a way to communicate from the field in, in war. Like you're talking about, think of like back in the day, how did those messages get back to the people? It took who knows how long of periods of time to get information from the field back to uh, their family members. It was it was basically by pen and paper, right? And it took forever. 
what you just brought up there was a way to get instant access to the people that you love and care about in a way that was just as soon as you type it, it's directly to them. And, and that is, is what has changed how we consume information. But the problem with that, which I think it, where we'll go with this and start unfolding some of this is that is the problem. Cause as soon as we start typing that information, or as soon as somebody starts to put that information out and clicks that send button on whatever platform we're talking about, it's out for the world to digest it. You think of how it was like going back to what I brought up just a minute ago with nine 11, I was in high school at the time. And I remember um, one of the one of the things we did in school. Did you guys have like Channel One or anything like that when you guys were in school? Do you remember any of that stuff that was going on? All the all the TVs at Duggar just didn't work by that point in time. Oh, okay. So you guys were at the point where it was like just up in the corner and, and yeah, nothing yeah. on it. Well, we were back in the day. It was like we had a little bit of a news capture of of updates for the day. And we would do, I, don't, I forget how long that time period was, but it was always like it would come up on that. All the TVs were were on that situation at the time. So 9-11 happened. I had just finished up taking a test and coming out of that and experiencing this. So that was the first we had seen it. I, I believe the first plane had hit uh, the first tower and the other shortly thereafter. And the world was like just nobody had experienced that before or seen it before. And the crazy thing that came out of that time. And as I've started to think about that instantly, there were conspiracies about that, that happened not as easily, uh, shareable, shareable or, or, or kind of spread out through the masses as it is now, but it still spread. Even to this day, you can see some of those conspiracies within certain platforms on on social media outlets Mm -hmm. and from i believe that day or that time that that significant event in the birth of social media and and some of those platforms even though they were at their early stages that is when we started seeing some of this which kind of leads back to where you started with this connor and and what we're seeing today with a lot of, of different current events that are taking place and seeing such polarization in truth or in lies and right now it's hard to decipher because there's so much of that that's out there and we as individuals how how do we get to the truth and decipher some of those lies or misinformation or in all reality conspiracy theories that people circulate so vastly and how do those get spread so quickly is what the challenge is we face, I think, as a society. I, I think so. I think like, um, you know, what what how how you can step back and decipher a lot of that stuff or the, the way that I think about it, at least uh, for me, as someone who is very neutral, uh, I, I told Preston, like, I, I actually I thought about voting this year, but I made the decision not to not because I was lazy or anything like that, but because I'm simply I'm not informed enough. Um, I, I never took the time to actually inform myself and to make a decision. Um, but when, when, when I'm in a position like I am and I view both parties equally uh, and compare things equally without having a very strong opinion over one or the other, 
you you kind of step back and, and you look at things and you go through all these posts that people are, are posting living in Bloomington and being from Greene County. I have such a wide mix of of liberal, you know, extreme right and extreme yeah. left posts all over my social media. And so yeah. <laughs> you, you got you got to step back and like for me, who's who's right in the middle and just viewing things from the outside, you know, because honestly, this week has kind of played out like a really crazy, crazy TV miniseries. Um, <laughs> viewing, viewing it from the it, yeah, outside. It's a reality show is what it seems to have turned yeah, into. It, it is. And, and viewing it from the outside, it's like, well, the, people start to believe all this misinformation because they're so like, they don't want to admit that the facts are against them. And that's, that's where I feel like people are at that point. They're just like, Okay, yeah, those hundred thousand, you know, unregistered votes that just showed up. Yeah, that's fraud. Well, you know, let's look at the facts. Go, go, search out the facts before you start believing something like that. Even though they're going to be against you, you're not going to make an ass of yourself on Facebook typing in all caps. Um, hmm. And and the, the same thing goes for the people who say, if you voted for whoever, let us know so we can uninvite you from our wedding. Like, it's not misinformation. <laughs> it's just it's just being it's just making a fool of yourself and letting politics get to the core of like who you are as a human being um, yeah. by using social media. Uh, and and I I I think it's a like I think it's a huge problem. Like I think. If I, yeah, social media is has given us a way to instantly share uh, what we're doing in our life, and it could be it could be a lot of good. It can really benefit us in a lot of ways, but I think that it has truly negatively impacted our lives and our our the way we live in in the United States and in other places too. Granted, I haven't had the experience in other countries, but. I don't know. I, I feel like, you know, politics with all this good information, but also bad, it's just been so harmful. And especially in this election. Yeah. Yeah. Ultimately. I, seen... Go ahead, Preston. I was just going to say, ultimately, I think it's a good thing. Even if we have some of the misinformation, I think it's just going to take time to be able to have people look more into stuff or having more outlets that aren't so biased or having information that to come to like ultimately i think it's just going to be down to us to just like more people do i don't know it kind of goes against human nature on us pick like people wanting to pick a side but like let's you mentioned 9-11 but you remember when um well like bush and the iraq yeah. war yeah he used a lot of the media outlets to kind of portray it being grander and better for us than what it ended up being yeah and this i like we didn't like people who were like living in that time they didn't know any better you know and yeah, if we were if we had all that information like if we were to be able to see all that stuff, like we would not be in Iraq or Afghanistan like we are in today. Like, so a lot of that was pushed by traditional media, right? And yeah, and and what what do you hear about traditional media nowadays? What have we heard the last few years of what traditional media is? Oh yeah, fake news, man. Fake news, right? let's let's step back a little bit so what do you guys feel and, and you guys are probably more 
in tune with social media and what's most effective. I know I, I think of Preston and, and I mean, my gosh, uh, he puts a dog video on TikTok and gets 3 million. <laughs> what are you up to now? Over 3 million views. Yeah, like 3.3 million views. <laughs> so let me ask you this. Let, let's step away from politics a little bit. Let's just talk about social media. What do you guys feel is the most effective platforms that are out there today that is reaching individuals most broadly? Uh, TikTok and Twitter. TikTok and YouTube. I YouTube, you think? I think YouTube oh, is yeah. dying. I think YouTube's definitely no. dying. Oh, T- no. TikTok, really? TikTok is like... Twitter's dead. Twitter is way worse off than what YouTube is. Well, YouTube, I feel like, is so controlled. Uh, it's so mediated. Like, there are so... Like, if you put one controversial thing on YouTube, they're like, nah, you're out of here. Like, video's taken well, down. Well, so that's the problem with... Censorship. What do, you, what do you guys think about censorship, then? Let's talk about that a little bit. Um, well, I, I think mean, the problem, I think everything should be on the table aside from pornography. Like, like I, I, I that's I don't know. That, well, that's like, just me though. This is this is what I was talking to Connor about earlier. It's these social media platforms are acting as uh, gatekeepers, and they're protected under our laws that they don't have to be. They don't have to be responsible for what gets put on their platform. So they are taking these, like these rights that they get, and are putting them against ideas that they don't want to hear or they're mediating people that shouldn't be mediated. Yeah. So, so, so none of us are attorneys here, obviously. (laughs) Um, And and we're not going to solve any of the world's problems on this conversation, but these are uh, situations that are, are right now under scrutiny of our government. So, so we look at, uh, the executives of Facebook, uh, the executives of Twitter, the executives of Google, which is, which is the parent company of YouTube, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All of them have come to Senate hearings and have been drilled and questioned by our, our uh, elected officials, right? So these are, are questions that are on the table right now. And, and we're kind of living through this history of what does censorship ship look like for social media platforms? What does fact-checking look like because you look at some of the platforms and some are fact checking situations like connor you had mentioned uh the dumping of ballots and and things like that that we're hearing about in our media right now as of today like i i drove uh here from from dinner tonight to my house to get on this call and you hear about this constant uh, questioning of of what's legal, what's not legal, how, yeah. when are we going to get to the results of this election, and all of that kind of comes back to censor- censorship and fact checking and what's the truth that is being put out there on these platforms, and it is a problem. Yeah, I, I, th- I think it's unavoidable. I think, I think you know when when you get into um, you know especially like and what what's crazy is that our censorship has come from uh, you know this heavy censorship has come from things that are not politics. Like YouTube got so heavy on their censorship um, from a racial slur in a PewDiePie video, and, and of course you know it, there's a lot of other factors that played into it, but it feels like that was that's that was what tipped us. Um, that pushed us over the edge and that what's what forced YouTube to do it. Um, yeah. I, I think, I think personally, uh, Preston, I, I think that Twitter allows some more controversial stuff. Now the whole censoring of Trump's tweets, I, I'm not, I don't know what that's about. I have no idea what that's about. 
Um, but but also TikTok has such a huge audience, and you can get across a pretty good amount of information in such a short amount of time, and that sticks. That really sticks with people because your attention yeah. span. What is it like? The reason Vine was so popular is because your attention span is is only just really really good for that short amount of time. Those short seven second videos they catch you. They really in. Um, so we could go so many rabbit trails with that too. Oh yeah. I mean, I mean yeah. every time, <laughs> every comment we're making here, we could go down a, a rabbit trail, but to that point, do you think that's what's driving one, the, the platform that's reaching the most and is most effective, but two, those that generate the most interest that get spread so widely attract the advertisers that help fund those platforms i mean where does that fall in the mix of this too right yeah um i don't know like with 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 all all these platforms i i think you know when when you when you group them together the one thing regardless that pulls people in um that they really no matter what platform it is people love controversy they they feed off of a fight like that's why you know people at a high school when when a fight was going on people would stand around and watch and cheer them on because they're like hell yeah something interesting something crazy that's yeah. going on and yeah. and on, on all of these platforms it, they've just kind of resorted to doing the same thing they they sit here and they add fuel to the fire because they they get i feel like their embedded interest some, is getting more clicks or getting yeah. more engagement yeah. so it's almost built into clickbait. it clickbait R- regardless of the platform controversy is is the, the real platform like there yeah. are people people are going to do whatever they can to get attention to what they're talking about um it, it it go it goes further than just politics too i mean it goes it goes for everything like youtube drama alerts stuff stuff like i don't know stuff like that like ethan Ethan Klein, yeah. uh, one of the most controversial podcasts uh, pot on on the internet. The H3 podcast is crazy <laughs> controversial, um, but they get a ton of viewership. They get so much viewership. Same thing with the Joe Rogan podcast and everything else. Oh, like yeah. just through the roof. And and why? It's because of controversy. I I think at least. Yeah, I think you're. I think you're right there. Have you guys seen the um, Netflix kind of documentary? the social dilemma i so i have not but i've yeah i've seen uh, a lot of uh, clips on it but i think i'm gonna sit down and watch it probably either actually tonight or the next couple of days check it out it's a really good documentary and we're not we're not plugging anything on on uh the podcast here but but something you ought to check out because it it really makes you think about kind of how the algorithms are built and what's feeding us as a social media consumer. I mean, isn't it crazy how you'll be kind of scrolling through whatever, whatever it is you're scrolling through, you'll either search something and, and sometimes even just say something in conversation and all of a sudden you scroll up and whatever you were talking about, thinking about, uh, typing about is right on your screen and plugging you to Amazon or plugging you to whatever it is for you to purchase whatever that consumer product was. And, and these algorithms are built in such a way that it provides that for the user because um, 
the dopamines is what's keeping us hooked on this. So uh, I I know it's, it becomes an addictive tool for us as a human being. And, and this is something that's new for us as, uh, as humans, we've never had this before. And it's, and it's something that has, has tied into our brains and given us that, that dopamine hit anytime we get a ding on our phone or a, a, a click or a like or something that pops up that we've been looking for that we're interested in. And it's amazing how these algorithms work uh, in that regard, but also in regard to what it is we find interest in. I know uh, a lot of, of what has gone on to kind of divide us so uh, politically, but but really get polarized in whatever camp you're in. You're either right or you're left, mm-hmm. and a lot of the the challenge becomes as you start consuming that social media. Uh, in regards to that, like besides just like the me. family, yeah. Besides just the pictures of what I'm eating for dinner, um, a lot of that goes away, and and a lot of people become radicalized because of the algorithms that are built that are feeding them information that's polarized to what they want to see and doesn't give a balanced or Connor, like what you mentioned earlier, you're neutral, which I think you're in good company here uh, with us talking about this because I feel the same way. I'm a, I'm neutral. I want to see all sides of the spectrum. I don't want to see something that's going to get me so focused on one point or one piece of information that, runs the risk of being false information and not seeing all sides. And I think that is part of the challenge that we're running into is the algorithms that are built just keeps feeding us as a machine or as a consumer of the information that we want to see. And it's not given us a broad picture of, of the true reality and, and what all sides look like. It's just feeding us that narrow picture of what we want to see and what we're investing our time into. Yeah, unless I, unless I think I you hit the nail on the head there. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I think Preston, like you, when you were talking about, yeah, I think social media overall is a good thing. The internet, stuff like that is a good thing. I think um, if you set out looking for what you want to look for, you're going to find it. Um, and and I think you have to, to get out of that algorithm, you know, like, like I think you need to stop getting on social media and turn to typing in a, you know, in a simple Google search and maybe clicking on a couple of, of hopefully reliable links uh, and, and maybe reading through some of those to get some other points of view. Or, may, or maybe, you know, in, if you can, uh, in a very, I, let's put it a respectful way, sit down and have a conversation with someone who has an opposing view. You know, like challenge, challenge yourself to, to open up and, and break away from that because I think that's such a huge problem. <clears throat> and that that it, that segues into kind of the what what I was wanting to talk about with how social media affects this. I think social media has turned politics into a personality trait, and I hate it. I think you can't being neutral. You know, if I were to say, well, I agree with Trump on this, but I agree with Biden on this, mm-hmm. someone's going to view you as as either a supreme you know, a, a supreme, like a racist, or they're going to view you as, you know, a, a crazy liberal. Like, I feel like there are two sides and that's how the opposing people view you. And so if you voice your opinion, it's hard for people not to look at you and say, wow, you're a terrible person because you agree with this one person. And I hate it. I think it's ridiculous. I, I feel like 
social media has just taken that to the next level. Like, you know, yeah. I, I told Preston earlier, George Washington, and I'm paraphrasing here because I really don't know the quote, but George Washington made that point where he's like, if you have two parties, you're going to tear yourselves apart. Yeah, you're you're going to sit here still- and you're going to fight. That's exactly right, Connor. That has come to mind so many times recently. That was in that was in George Washington's farewell address, right? He warned yeah. us of of the two party system, and and how. I mean, you think about that all through our history, which our our history is pretty short in the grand scheme of things. Oh, very. But yeah. but just in the last, I would say within our adulthood, um, the last several years let's say the last 10, we have become more and more polarized in that. And we have divided in camp so much, but you, you look at social media and, and the topic that you raised with, it's hard to show your opinion of one side or the other. Cause I agree with, with both sides, a lot of different times on a lot of different topics. That's sure. why I feel I'm neutral and balanced as well. Just like it uh, sounds like you guys feel the same way. The problem is when you do put that thought out there, you get attacked by the cyber bullying through the comment fields on that. And it it, and it's no longer discourse. It's attacking the individual for even having their own personal thought of the situation. And that's not a good place to be. Uh, No, I I think I think you imagine acting that way with like everything every day with like everyday life. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, Oh, you're going to eat that type of sandwich. What are you? (laughs) I I think I think both parties, I think both (laughs) parties are truly like I I think both of them are are violent in the sense that they they attack online. Um, If they had the chance and they had the freedom, they would attack in person, no matter how much they claim they don't want to. Uh, There was a there there was I guess a potential case of arsonism uh, or I don't know what arsony arsony not arsonist I don't know what that word is arson I don't know correct me later Uh, fire there was a case of fire. Um, a guy, a guy who drives around Bloomington a lot with Trump flags, you know, whatever, sure. Support who you want to. That's fine. I don't give a shit. Um, this is a college town though. Be careful. (laughs) They will find out where you live. You, you, you drive a lifted truck with Trump flags (laughs) in the back of it. Um, his truck is, no, no, his truck was on fire this week. His, uh, really? his truck, yeah, his truck was on fire this week. Uh, and wow. it went out to be a case of like, oh, did someone do this? That kind of thing. Um, and a lot of people were saying, well, I mean, wouldn't be surprised, you know, and like, oh, it's probably not far off. Well, I, I think what ended up being the case is a potential, a potential power line fell on it or something crazy like that. I don't know. Um, but, hmm. but it goes into like, it's, you know, is it possible? Like, would, if these people were given the chance, no matter what party you're on, if these people were given the chance, how how violent would they be in in terms of, of of attacking in general? It doesn't even have to be like physical violence, you know. A, 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 it could be verbal abusiveness a, a against people. Like if they were really just let off the leash in today's world, and and even with how this year's been going, I I think that people would gladly participate in a purge if they were given the chance. Yeah, there. So here's a. Here's a little information. This comes from an in, internal Facebook report from 2018. And this comes from the Social Dilemma website. But I, I found this very interesting. 64% of the people who joined radical or extremist groups on Facebook did so because of the algorithms that steered them 
in that direction. So one thing that I was uh, thinking about too, and and you mentioned this year being crazy, talk, talk about crazy year, right? But think about COVID-19, the coronavirus. I know Preston and I had a a conversation about this, like right at the start and kind of our thoughts on uh, how, how that's kind of turned political. Um, Looking back on that now, uh, wow, it's, it's gone very crazy. (laughs) And, and you mentioned the burning down of things, Connor, I was uh, thinking about just all of the conspiracies that are rolled up in COVID-19 that are on our social media platforms that get shared regular, regularly. And I, I say this because there are individuals local where we live. Some of us even have, I would say family members that, that push this stuff a lot as well. And even to the point where myself on social media platforms have to not block the person, but block the post that get posted because of some of the misinformation or false information that gets shared at times. And I, I was thinking about this and I was, I was curious to just get a feel for what some of those con or uh, conspiracy theories were that were wrapped around COVID-19. Cause let's get real. COVID-19 is, is real. Part of what you heard uh, this whole time. And one of the conspiracies tied to it was that it was just a, a liberal hoax and this would all be over when the election comes and goes and we won't hear it about it anymore. Well, you know what? Election has come and gone and we're still hearing about it. We're seeing record days of positive cases of COVID-19 for the state of Indiana right now. So we're still seeing this as a reality. But I found some of the interesting things, some of the things tied up in the conspiracy theories. You don't think about how many conspiracy theories can get tied to one topic, but 5G as being one of the, the things that was being blamed for coronavirus. And you talked about a truck burning down. Mm-hmm. Well, they're burning down uh, cell towers and mobile networks because of conspiracy theories of 5G being <laughs> the reason that COVID-19 is spreading. Right. Now, come on. Let's get real. Other conspiracy theories on COVID-19. Bill Gates and his an- the anti-act... Uh, vaccine activists that are claiming that Bill Gates is put is doing this to vaccinate our people to put a chip in them. Come on. I, I, Chinese lab creation. My son I'm at school. You. My son at school. Get get a hold of this. My son is in fourth grade. And one of his teacher aides says this to the class on election day that coronavirus was established in a Chinese lab by Joe Biden and Hillary Clinton that assisted in its creation. Are I thought you it was kidding Kazakhstan. me? I thought, I thought it was that... Kazakhstan who made it and Borat was the one who spread it. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah so did I. <laughs> no, listen, Chris, you know what? There's a lot of truth into that. Talk Hillary about... Clinton is a part of the deep state. <laughs> Making the frogs gay. <laughs> oh gosh, Preston! And and, and they're they're that, at that, such that, a young impressionable age. Why would you? They don't know who Hillary Clinton is. <laughs> and you're talking to kids, and they're believing you on this stuff. And so, that's I think it's about I, time that the youth learn what the real world is like. <laughs> Infowars.com. That is 
part of our problem too. Do you guys remember being kids and thinking about the politics and the divide of our days? I don't remember that. I I remember I told mom, I hate George Bush one time. Preston's again, the rarity. He, he was all (laughs) in it deep with George W. He was reading books. That's right. I I think it was just me wanting to make uh, our family upset because everyone's. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. I, I, you know, I don't remember those times as a kid, but you think about the kids nowadays and they're hearing their parents, but hearing teachers as well, spreading some of this information and it it makes me wonder what's going, what's going on in their minds as they think about this and the world that they're growing up in. Yeah. I mean, like, there's only, like, I could only think of, like, a handful of times that I've ever, like, talked politics at school. Like, I don't. Like, I refuse. Like, <laughs> well, like, no one, like, teachers never really talked about it. Like, no one ever really, like, like I don't ever remember ever anyone getting into fights about politics or, you know, I don't know. I will. Yeah. So I wasn't done on my list of my laundry list of conspiracy theories, by the way. Oh, so yeah. also U.S. U.S. military <laughs> importing that from China was another one. Uh, the genetically modified organisms, they're to blame, too. Uh, COVID-19, <laughs> like I said, it was just a hoax. It was a liberal hoax that would be gone uh, once the election came and gone. Preston, you mentioned it is a deep state uh, manipulation. It is also, a deep state problem. <laughs> but uh, but also a big pharma plot. Oh, and also the death rates are inflated. Um, is. Those are just a few of the conspiracies that are out there floating. Around I know there. I know a guy who got who got decapitated in a car accident, and they counted it as COVID. <laughs> he had a cough when he got in the car. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I I don't know. I so I will weigh in. I'm not. I'm tired of all these all these Chinese talking about the Kong flu. I, it's all fake. <laughs> I, I will weigh in on some really heavy shit. Like I, I if you want to talk to me about something, I will give you my opinion. But the minute someone in public's gonna be like, Hey, tell me what you think of Donald Trump, I'm gonna I'm gonna be like, Hold on, let me stop you right there. Um, yeah. let's talk about summoning the devil first, because I feel like that's a heavier conversation than talking about Donald Trump and probably one I would get more enjoyment out of, um, <laughs> than talking about Donald Trump. And we're talking about summoning the devil here. Um, yeah. like, like if you, someone, someone like the, the one thing like people always consistently used to talk to me about was, uh, r- religion. I, and I don't know why I have no idea why, but in high school, I remember religion was a pretty big topic for some reason. Um, and I think it's because a lot of people in, in, in high school were, they were just, I don't know. I I think they were just seen as hypocrites. So other, other kids who claimed to be in, in a better relationship with God or whatever they wanted to think were just heavily judging them. Um, and they were getting called out for it. And so I actually remember when I was going to high school, that religion was a bigger conversation than, than politics was until my senior year when trump got elected and people were crying in class (laughs) it's very true oh my gosh well first of all the thing i was gonna say is that our view might be skewed a little bit considering we only had like what 250 kids in our high school well, in a I town mean, full of a thousand people. But like, hence like, the hence the uh, Alex Jones references that Preston loves to do. 
Oh yeah. Know. Well, I mean, like, like look at me, like Preston. You know, we were exposed to only so much. I mean, what's a Duggar? And you know, what? I'll say it. I'll say it. Life was way simpler when we were going to Duggar. <laughs> I just want to point out you you get you get out of Duggar and then you get into a lot of people's point of views that you do not want to be listening to. There's a lot of stuff that people like to talk about that we just didn't talk about there. Uh, you know, so you like, know what's crazy, Connor? Some of the and, and you guys probably had some of the same teachers I did. We're not too far uh, separated in age. No, we all went to the same school, but um, I, I've been really surprised at some of the more progressive. Not all, because we've got some very, um, very, uh, very smart teachers that we worked with that have have maintained that but i've seen a flip on on some and i've been really surprised because they they made us very made us think for ourselves be critical thinkers be kind of progressive in our our thinking of of not just getting the information but really putting some thought to it and and uh putting some opinion on it. And I've really struggled here recently with some that, uh, of the teachers that I follow on social media from my past oh, Mr. that Benson. have almost flipped that approach and have become radical on the other side. Are almost. you talking, talking about Mr. Benson? <laughs> no names. Preston. Oh, no Dennis. <laughs> I saw that. Yeah. He, what, like, like I'll paraphrase, I'll paraphrase what Dennis has said here. Uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll call him Mike, even though we've already said his name. I'll I'll there paraphrase what old Michael has said here. Um so so yeah, I remember him being like like he was just on a whole other level, man. And if you guys could see me right now, I am doing the the, the Michael Benson hand motions. <laughs> I, I he's like Get flipping man, everybody off. Yeah, yeah, man. Like like cussing in class, you know, and listening to crazy rock music and all this other stuff and teaching you to go on and smoke pot and be a progressive thinker. <laughs> However, in Facebook, years later, Jesus has left Chicago and we should be worried. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't I don't know, man. I and this is social media. This is what we're seeing right now, right? Mm -hmm. This is what we're talking about. And it it I don't know where some of that comes from because it, it it feeds you and feeds you and feeds you and can I think radically change your approach to things, which is a scary thing when you think about that. It is. And and, and, and if so and if and if he who shall not be named ever sees this just now. You're an amazing teacher. We love oh, you. That's right. Sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what's made he yeah made us who we are today. I, I was I was actually about to say something a little opposite. You you're an amazing guy, Michael. Um, however, um, I I hope you're not letting your own personal views, uh, you know, affect the way that you that you teach. Um, and, and and I'm not speaking directly to him. I'm speaking directly to teachers in general uh, who hold yeah. such strong opinions. Like oh, college like telling, is the worst. Well, I mean, like like telling your young impressionable son that it was manufactured in China. Yeah. <laughs> uh, by Hillary Clinton and uh, yeah, Joe Biden. Don't, don't let your 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 now your brand newly found politic personality trait affect the way that you teach the young impressionable youth. Why did yeah. I say it like that? Because I'm not any older, but that's what it is. Like they they are young, they are impressionable, and I think that you know misinformation can be spread very easily to them, and they're going to believe put it. That in their brain for now, you know. Yeah, well, just yeah. think of it this way, though: young impressionable individuals, or 
Um, even us looking up to individuals that we look at as mentors or people that speak into our lives, you think a lot of those people, and even more so the younger you are um, and looking up to your teachers, they are, are people that have a lot. Uh, and I'm thinking about myself back when I was a young kid, and, and I'm sure you guys are the same. Our teachers had a big impact on our lives. We looked up to them and trusted them. We need to be able to trust the individuals that are speaking most impactfully inside of us because that is what shapes us as a human being. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And what some, something that I did to force myself to get out and really experience, uh, you know, different things, different points of view was I took a lot of, uh, global, global classes that touched on music from around the world. Um, primarily protest music. So I was I was getting my fair share of politics and the oppression of certain, you know, races of people and things like that. And um, it, it was it was really interesting. And, and I did that because my teachers weren't afraid to, you know, push what they were, you know, push the boundaries of what they wanted to show it. They they kind of expected us to say, you know, go out and find this stuff on your own. Um, because we, we like they they knew. I feel like the teachers that I had knew that I wasn't going to get it all from them, but they gave us a good way to go and find it. Um, yeah. and and now now it just sounds like you know they're they're telling you what you need to know, and that's all. And what what they need to know is based solely off of their own personal opinions, not not what's what's actually happening uh, and i i don't know I, I feel like education needs to be an open-ended question you give them the basics and then you let them go and discover these things on their own because i yeah, promise I you the minute you get out of school you're gonna you're gonna change as a person you're, you're gonna develop such different points of view you know you're gonna be vocal for yourself and and it, it things are just gonna change rapidly and you're not even gonna know it and the next thing you know you feel so passionately about something that you never, never even thought of before. And that's because you were able to get out and experience the world and different things on your own and craft these, these opinions, you know, and it just doesn't feel like we're in that anymore. I had a, uh, you, you're spot on Connor. I had a, uh, experience. I went to school at, at Vincent university. I got a full-time job and, in the evenings, I ended up going back to school to continue my education. And I had a class that, and, and before all of this, I was very, very one-sided, very opinionated, um, had a lot of, of kind of blinders on and focused on a, a certain way. And I went to an online school to continue my education, get my uh, bachelor's and there was a class that I took that was a writing class and it had a lot of research in it. And I, I had historically from all my previous teachers, those that, that challenged me. Um, and obviously I challenged them too. And sorry for those that I have been a challenging student in the past. Um, but I remember so vividly in working in this class, this writing class, it started to change me. And really challenged me, not in any particular direction. It was just challenged me to really think out my opinions and my thoughts. Because unless you see 
all of the, the the points that can be made unless you listen to those counter points that are made by the opposite side. Um, you really aren't getting the full picture. And and I, from that day on, from that class, it's really challenged me to be a more responsible individual with the information I receive, but also the the information that I, I think about. And, and, and even more so the opinions that I share to make sure that I've, I've thought about all of the, the, uh, the options, the opportunities, the, the, the opposite sides of thinking that I originally had and really make sure I've, I've really put due diligence to critically think and not just formulate opinion on a minimum number of facts that are skewed in one direction. And, and I think you're spot on. A teacher does that for us. They, they challenge us. They kind of point us in not a direction, but a direction forward and gives us the courage to be able to seek out the answers because we're not all, all going to agree on things. And that's the beauty of the country we live in. That's the beauty of of us being able to work together. That's what's built us as a nation in the short time frame that uh, we've experienced it in. That's what's going to keep us being a great nation and keeping us moving forward. I'm, I'm afraid, though, if we if we try to push people's thoughts out or minimize people's thoughts and become so focused on one-sided and not opening our minds to others' opinions, thoughts, and ideas, then that's what's going to stagnate us and keep us from that growth. But we've got to have that the teachers, us as individuals, talking, communicating, working with others. It takes us to really build and encourage those that are around us. And for us to be the same as well, be open to hear others and listen before we're ready to respond, a lot of times, the the problem with a lot of uh, a lot of humans is we're so ready to respond without really listening. And I know in my career, as uh, my backgrounds in leadership and uh, working with teams, that's the that's the most important thing is communication. And the biggest piece to communication is listening. I think we as individuals need to listen more than we respond. And I yeah. think that is what keeps us moving forward. Yeah. I think it brings us. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I think both of you guys pretty much encapsulated uh, not exactly what we were planning on hitting on, but I think hey, that, that was that's... a really good direction to head into. Yeah, I, I, um, I think uh, <laughs> I think it really, you know, I, I think it came full circle. In. Connor, this is my monologue. Shut no, up. no, go ahead. Fine. No, <laughs> hey, go take hey, it. Before I, I've talked a lot, but before we close, we've been kind of negative on social media, but social media is a positive thing, right? Let's let's make sure we're using this in a positive, make it way. A positive way. Yeah, I mean, we, we it's up to us. Right? Anyone has ever had it on the planet ever? Oh my gosh. Time. Use right, it. Can you imagine? We, Sharpen your knife. Can you imagine? <laughs> we got to the moon years ago with these huge computer machines, and and we've got so much information in the palm of our hands, just in the smartphone that we carry. Let's use it in a way that's impactful in a positive way, and not a negative one. Yeah. I think this is kind of uh, I don't know, maybe a, a pre enlightenment time with social media. 
they just got to get through the chaos before we can before we can use it to its full potential but, you know. yeah I, I and and i totally agree with you preston i i think we definitely will get through this it's it's definitely a learning time for us but i do think we as as humans in this new technology we're experiencing we got a responsibility and I think a big one, and I think we've got to be committed to it, to use it in a manner that is going to improve us as a, as homo sapiens, as human beings, uh, because it can definitely destroy us if we let us let it do that to us. But, Mm -hmm. um, I think we can be committed to doing the right things with it. Um, and I, I hope that as we do get through this, Uh, We do see the positives and start to squash out some of these negative things like we've talked about for an an hour now, almost. Um, (laughs) Some of these conspiracy things, we've got to squash those. Oh, yeah. Don't share them. Share the positive stuff in life. I uh, I actually, so I'm taking a screenwriting class right now. Um, One of the final classes to take, like, for my minor and I, I actually I wanted to write something that I could have fun with and, and really like push the boundaries of, of like a science fiction film, but also like in, in in the way that it's telling its story, you know, every story tells a lesson, no matter what story it is. It, it, it tells a lesson, even if it's a really far fetched one. Um, I'm talking to you, Christopher Nolan and Tenet. Um, but, the, the, you know, the, the film that I'm currently developing right now for class is is a film where uh when when the world was at its lowest, um, aka now, I think, um, with <laughs> with a huge virus, uh, every you know people are still dying from from cancer, and I, I say that because it pops up in the film. Um, you know all these these riots and and people hating each other based off of political views. There was a man who. Uh, let's say in an alternate universe was kind of like the Elon Musk figure and was always pushing the boundaries of technology. And he developed a way, um, to fix a lot of these medical issues that were permanent. Uh, but also he came up with a cure for the, you know, the virus and things like that. And I don't, I don't state specifically that, that it's a virus, but, um, essentially he begins treating these, these large groups of people, um, over the course of time, um, pretty much doing the impossible and, and it, it come to find out that he was actually, uh, getting rid of the organic bodies and pitting them into kind of like bodies he was growing, like rapidly growing. And he was photocopying their minds to a more synthetic mind where he mm-hmm. could have a say in their, their subconscious thoughts. And it wasn't a direct control, but he was basically implanting, um, think about it like a subliminal messages only quite literally implanting them uh, into into the mind and people didn't write anymore uh, people it was kind of like peace you know it was it was a utopia um, but you know the definition of utopia is like things are right but there's something that's hiding beneath the surface as to why they are right and and so yeah. my my uh, protagonist goes on and and pretty much fights this whole thing after he figures it out um and in the the grand the grand conversation between the protagonist and the antagonist um it's a it's supposed to kind of be like you know this is what it took to get a utopia but we we need that free thought we we need those opposing views we we need some of the negative and all the positive because it can't just be all positive all the time and i know yeah, that yeah. um and and i think you know i you think yeah i think we'll overcome it um I think we're in a really bad point or a really bad spot right now. We'll get over it. Um, I don't know, but I, but I guess it's it's more of a. 
I, I, I talk about, you know, people need to stop hating on others, and they do, but but realistically, we need the opposing thought. We need the other side. Uh, you know, maybe maybe it is just a thing where we introduce more pot, more parties in, in terms of politics. But I don't know. It's it's a thing that we could probably sit here and talk about for hours and hours and hours. Yeah, you could. And it's a thing that our our founders and all of everybody else that's kind of moved us forward throughout the years is what they've talked about. I think we have to keep the discussion going and you make a good point. It's not all positives and, and it can't be all positives, but we've got to, we got to move in a direction that's more positive than negative. Um, because if not, that's when, when hope to start starts to decrease and, mm-hmm. and we really need hope in the time that we're living in right now. I mean, we look at 2020 and it's amazing how, how fast this year has gone, but also you, kind of look at everything we've gone through just in a matter of not even quite a year yet. And there's a lot of, of hopelessness that's out there. And I I think a lot of that stemming from some of the negativity people see. So I, I do agree. There's, there's always going to be negative pieces um, out there. That's, that's around, but the more we can shine some light, put some positive vibes into the world, the better. All righty, chatty, Kathy. Society. Whoa, man! <laughs> you can't just you leave. You can't just leave the party and come back in. All fumes right. going. Well, here. Well, here, hey. So, hey, I've been. Let ta- me ask hey, this. Shut up oh, for man. a second. <laughs> all right. I don't. I don't know how it is for your side. But the lag. The lag. Hold on. Hold on. The, the lag between the both of you talking is so funny. Like, like Chris will say something and then Preston will be like, "Oh yeah," but then like I know, like I know in Preston's headphones, like he just hasn't started talking yet, and it's hilarious. <laughs> no, I think the Discord got messed up because I was trying to cut both of you off a minute ago, and it wasn't popping up that I was talking. <laughs> oh well, you're not loud anyway. enough. Anyway, butt in, Preston. For for, for anyway. a while, it sounded like you were talking through a fan. <laughs> Well, I don't know. Maybe it's, it's time for a new scratchy. mic. <laughs> Scratchy throat. Hey, uh, is this season two? It is. Yes. Oh, man. Nice. New season artwork? two. New artwork. New everything. Oh, man. When does, yeah. when does this roll out? Um, I'm going to, I think I'm going to push it so. either tomorrow or Monday. Oh. oh. Yeah. You want to come do the work, Preston? Sure. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I think, I think I'm going to try to get it out tomorrow or Sunday or Monday because I want it to be as relevant as possible. Yeah, it's yeah. timely for sure. A little bit, yeah. not tremendous, but definitely yeah, with mean, the election crap going on. Who knows how long the elections are actually going to go on for? Uh, but I, hey, I, Connor, I, I want to catch it while it's hard work. Okay, just uh, if you want to change the um, anchor thing, yeah, send yeah. out to everything. But um, all right, I'm taking the reins for the rest of this. Um, oh, go ahead. <laughs> all righty. So, yep, we. Our, um, so season two thank you well i mean when you don't get to talk an entire time you know you just kind of lose your <laughs> sharpness hey this is this is a, this is a ranting episode what did you think was gonna right. happen <laughs> next right. time i'm picking the topic and i'm gonna re- i'm gonna use my right to mute 
<laughs> do I ever get in? Hey, do I do I ever get invited again? Oh, for no. sure. Yeah, definitely. You talk. You you have more of an opinion Never than again. Preston has had in the entire first season of this podcast. The the, on, the only real opinion I could get out of him is when I was talking about Mulan in the live action. He's like, I'm not going to oh, give yeah, him the man. shrills of China, and I was like, You bought a one phone that came straight from China. Yeah, but they're not. Uh, shut up. We'll get into another, another <laughs> That's time. Alrighty. You well, know, you ought to do thank a whole you. Alex shut Jones show. <laughs> <laughs> Alex Jones show. I'm going to start talking like Kermit. Thank if you're you, gonna come thank in you for here. listening to whatever podcast. We uh, we appreciate Chris talking about the deep state. You know, it's real. Um, gotta, gotta Hillary come back Clinton to the and Bill Clinton. Show, you know? Started uh started the swan the the uh you know the kung flu but uh thank you for listening to the uh, whatever podcast we'll uh, we'll uh, t- see you next time you uh sound like <laughs> you have a frog in your throat anyway thank you Chris for being on um as much as you both are chatty Cathy's um it was really nice listening <laughs> thanks for the invite I've had a lot of fun man. Preston, I gave you your time at the beginning of the show. You knew what was going to happen. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, no, but for real, this is a topic that you, you just can go on and on and on for. Um, oh yeah. So so I know. We'll just I'm, need I'm, to I'm have. We'll just need talk. to have certain episodes where we get into this kind of stuff, Chris. We'll we'll save some. Yeah, I, we'll I, I'd be happy. I'd be happy yeah. to bring you back because there, there's more to talk about for sure. Uh, you know, uh, there's things. Well, I mean, on. yeah. Anything, you guys. I'm I'm I like doing this. Add me in whenever you. You think it might work? Any topic you want to talk about, I'm willing to lay some opinion, give some thought, and listen to what you guys have to say. Oh, we already All know right. that, Chris. That's right. <laughs> sounds sounds great. Well, thank you, everyone, for tuning in to the first episode of the Whatever Podcast.